we continue with our series through the doctrine of repentance. Um, who can tell me what repentance is? What is repentance in simple terms? God in Christ. Yes. <clears throat> why 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 was it necessary for us to consider this whole matter of repentance? Yeah. Yeah, so so <clears throat> it is absolutely necessary for our own salvation. That's what Thomas Watson says there that uh, Repentance and faith are the two wings that fly the saint to heaven. Mm-hmm. Why else was it important for us to consider this matter? the Christian life is we do not only repent at the point of salvation, we continuously repent. Repentance being turning away from sin. We are constantly turning away from sin and turning to Christ. Yes. Because the Bible is full of Yes. Yes, yes. The scriptures is, uh, is, is full of this constant call to repent the prophets of jesus uh, the prophets of god did this uh jesus himself did this the apostles did the same um so we we see that the word of god is full of uh the calls to repentance and so uh, we must constantly be repenting turning away from sin Um, and then we considered uh, six things there that are characteristic of true repentance what are they? A sight for sin. That for one to truly repent, to say that they have truly repented, they must see that they have sinned. They must see what their sin is. And they must, uh, having seen, turn away from it. Mm-hmm. sorrow for sin there is no true repentance where there is no tears for our sins where there is no uh, there is no grief what the bible calls godly grief godly sorrow which leads to repentance uh-huh. confession of sin so <clears throat> when we see our sin it makes us sorrowful and we must go to god in confession we must ask God to forgive us of our sins, uh, vowing to turn away from it with res- new resolve uh, after new obedience, uh, as the Catechism grants us. Uh-huh. 
Sifosin, Sorofosin, um, yes, Confession of Sin, and then three more. Hatred for sin. Sin must be hated. No one is a true Christian who is in love with sin. No one is a true Christian who is in love with sin. There must be a proper hatred for sin. So that when we sin, um, <clears throat> or because we sin, we feel a particular hatred towards this body of death. That's what the Apostle Paul says. Who will deliver me from this body of death? So there must be a proper sight for sin, seeing the sinfulness of it, and, and an appropriate hatred for it, because it is an affront to the Holy God, because it defies. Mm -hmm. Two more. A turning away from sin. Turning away from sin. Shame for sin. There must be a proper shamefacedness. Uh, that <clears throat> we must be like the the tax collector who beats his chest and 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 uh, is not even able to look up to to the heavens to god because of his sins because of shame upon his face unfortunately you have many professing to be christians who continuously sin without shame shamelessly if you will they they sin and they will not have sorrow for it they will not see it. They, they, will, they, will, they, they will not confess it. They will not hate it. Therefore, they are not ashamed of it. And therefore, they will not turn away from it. Because the last step of repentance is a proper turning away, uh, turning away from sin. And turning to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Savior of sinners. Now, today, I'd like to finish this class um, <clears throat> although I must confess that as the elders we believe that every topic we, br we bring to you uh, can be expounded more and more and more we can talk about it uh, over and over uh, as, as many times as, as, as possible because we, we really cannot quite exhaust um, the, uh, the word of God Today, I would like to bring to you the reasons for and motives to repentance. The reasons for repentance and the, the motives, motivation to repentance. So, I'll bring those two things is what I'd like us to consider. The reasons for repentance and the motivations to repentance. So I'll begin with the first one, the reasons for repentance. <clears throat> and here I'm, I'm seeking to ask the question, why must we repent? That's the question that we will be seeking to answer in this first section. Um, on the reasons for repentance. Why must we repent? Why is it necessary for you to turn away from sin? For you to have those 
um, six ingredients, as, the, uh, as, as Thomas Watson calls them. Number one, because God sovereignly commands it. So why must we repent? Or what are the reasons for repentance? Number one, because God sovereignly commands it. Go with me to Acts. Acts chapter 17. In Acts chapter 17, verse 22, we read, So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet, He is actually not far from each one of us. For in Him we live, move, and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed His offspring. Verse 29. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. The times of ignorance, this this is now what I want you to pay attention to, God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Now, just to paraphrase that section that I would like you to, to note, verse 30 and 31, <clears throat> it's as though the Apostle Paul is saying it, it does not matter who you are or who you think you are. Repentance is necessary. Why must we repent? Because God sovereignly commands it. You must repent. I must repent. Everyone must repent. You, you've heard that there. But now God commands all people everywhere to repent doesn't matter who we are or who we may think we, 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 we are or who we, we may be. doesn't matter our rank, our possessions. It doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter what we have in this world or what we do not have. The Bible says God commands all people everywhere to repent, to turn from sin, to turn to Christ. So this is, this is why repentance is necessary. Because God sovereignly commands it. The Apostle uh, Paul there tells the men of Athens that there is a time that God overlooked evil. And of course this does not mean that he excused it or that he did not no- notice it. This means that God in his mercy did not visit the evil of men with the judgment that it deserved. So God sovereignly commands repentance now. And, and he does this because he has set a time of judgment. He will judge the world. He will judge all people. He will judge all people everywhere. 
who have ever lived and his judgment is trustworthy because Paul tells us there that it will be done righteously it will be righteous judgment so, so one of the reasons why it is absolutely necessary for us to turn from sin and turn to Christ is because God commands it and you know the word of God is uh, is final eh? there's no there's no changing it God has said it so be it so must it be we must repent because God sovereignly commands it. Now, repentance is not arbitrary. In other words, it is not left to your choice to decide when you will repent. It's not left to your preference yeah, whether, whether or not to repent. It's not arbitrary like that. It is a must that we repent. It is an, indispens- an indispensable command it must be it must be hard we we cannot do away with it god commands all people everywhere to repent and you and i must be found repenting we must be found turning away from sin anything in our lives that is not is not in accordance with god's will must be repented of we must be actively pursuing righteousness and holiness because that's what, that's what the christian life is about god commands repentance from everyone God has said it and hence it must be done. No sinner will be accepted by him unless they repent. Unless, they, unless we all repent, we will not be accepted by God. We must be turning away from sin, brethren. We must. We must be fixing our eyes on Jesus Christ, not only for salvation, but also for preservation. And this is what repentance is. We are, we are, we are saying, we depend upon you, O Lord. We must not only be saved from the penalty of sin, we must also be saved from the power of sin. And this is what repentance grants. Repentance grants that the power of sin no longer has dominion over the Christian. So the Christian is constantly turning away from sin and turning to the Lord Jesus Christ, seeking to remove everything in their life, anything and everything that they know to be sin. Because God sovereignly commands it. So reason number one, for repentance is that God sovereignly commands it. Reason number two is that it's because God is holy. Repentance is necessary. Why must we repent? Because God is holy. Because God is a holy God. God is completely separate from us. He is in a category of his own. In addition to this, we know that he is pure. He is righteous. He is clean. He is light. In whom there is no darkness at all. Go with me to First John. You know this text, First John chapter one verse five. First John chapter one, verse five. <clears throat> this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is what? God is light. God is pure. God is completely separate from sinners like you and I. Because of this, we must repent. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Now, as you read that verse, you ought to hear a description of God as well as a description of you, the sinner. That God is light, in him there is no darkness, but what is in the sinner? 
Darkness. The sinner is in darkness. Because God does transfer the sinner from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his marvelous light. Because the sinner is in darkness. The sinner is blind. The sinner cannot see. We repent. We must repent because God is holy, my brethren. Because God is righteous. Because God is pure. Because God is separate. And there's no way that the God who is separate can live with us unless we repent. Unless we turn from sin. Unless we look to the Lord Jesus Christ. Our light, light and darkness have no communion. The only way God can accept the sinner, the only way that God can accept you and I, is when we repent. And this is to be understood as going hand in hand with faith in Jesus Christ. Because as we have pre previously seen, it doesn't matter how much we turn from sin. If we do not turn to Christ, it's useless. Because the cleansing power is there with those two wings, repentance and faith. Repentance and faith. There is no true repentance where there is no faith in Jesus Christ. A trust and a dependence that recognizes that this repentance is useless apart from faith in the propitiatory sacrifice of, of the Lord Jesus Christ, of God the Son. Go with me to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 16 <clears throat> says, Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. In other words, the people of God are being told here to repent. To turn from sin. And that's what, that was, that's what God is telling them there in verse 18. Come now. Let us reason together. Says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet. They shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson. They shall become like wool. God is saying. You must repent. You must repent. You must repent if you're going to live with me. If you're going to come to me, you must turn from sin. Or to put it differently, says, you come to me by turning away from sin. That's how you turn to, to God. You know that text there in chapter 6? The year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And, and I said, Woe is me. For I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Now those who know God, know that God is holy, and they know that they are not. 
And because of that, they turn from their sin. They turn to God in repentance. So, repentance is absolutely necessary. Not only because God has sovereignly commanded it, but because how else can we live with God? God is a holy God. God cannot be at peace with you and I until or unless we repent. Otherwise, he would be approving all our past evil conduct if he accepted us with our sins. But he tells us to repent, to turn. It would be a complete contradiction of the holiness of God if God would accept us uh, uh, with our sins. He tells us to turn away from sin. To turn away from sin. To turn away from sin. That's, that's, That's what we do as Christians. We turn away from sin. We turn away from sin, we turn to Jesus Christ. Number three, why is it important that we must repent? Why must we repent? It's because God sent his son to proclaim repentance. You and I know that Jesus did not come to make us rich. He didn't come here so that we may have big cars, hmm? big houses and, and a lot of money in the bank. That's not why Christ came. Christ came to save his people from their sin. And what does he tell them? To repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The forerunner of Jesus Christ does the same. John the Baptist proclaims repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now God the Son left all his glory to come so that we may be saved. And how how are we saved? Is that we repent. We turn away from sin and we turn to him. So repentance is absolutely necessary. We must repent because God sent his son to proclaim repentance. Go with me to the book of Luke. Or look with me there. <laughs> Luke chapter Luke chapter th- chapter 13. Luke Luke chapter 13. <clears throat> Look at verse 1 to 5. There were, some, there were some present at that very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you. Sorry, no, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or, or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, he, he repeats that again, you will all likewise perish. This is the ministry of our Lord. Um, chapter 15, same book. Verse 10. 
verse 9 sorry let's read from verse 8 or what woman having 10 silver coins if she loses one coin does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it and when she has found it she calls together her friends and neighbors saying rejoice with me for i have found the coin that i had lost just so i tell you there is joy before the angels of god of a one sinner who repents jesus came to proclaim repentance god sent his son that he may proclaim repentance uh, matthew matthew chapter 4 Verse 17. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God, uh, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is absolutely necessary that we repent, that we turn away from sin and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter 11 of Matthew. And verse 20, then he began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not do what? Because they did not repent. Then he goes ahead to, to, to give them the woes, the terrible things that will happen to them because they refuse to turn from sin. must repent my brethren it is absolutely necessary that we do this this is not an optional extra hmm? mark chapter 1 verse 15 tells us the same thing jesus says the kingdom of god is at hand repent believe in the gospel Acts chapter 5. Let me just read this for you. Acts chapter 5. Verse 27. <clears throat> and when they had brought them, they said to them, uh, they, they set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. Verse 31. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior. To give what? To give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. We must repent because God sent his son to proclaim repentance. When the spirit of God regenerates, the sinner has no option but to repent. I mean, you and I who are Christians here this morning know that we have no option. Or do we? No, we don't. We must repent. 
We, we can do no other. Sin is constantly bogging us down. You know that, eh? And our conscience cannot rest until we turn from sin. Until we turn to God in Christ. The Christian must repent. So that their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, calls them to, to do this. He saves them and he does this by calling them to repentance. And his call is powerful. Remember when Jesus called Lazarus to come out of the grave? He's, he, the call of Christ is like that. When he calls the sinner, the sinner comes. The sinner is able to repent when they are drawn to Christ by the Father. So we are told there that God has exalted him at his right hand as lead and savior to give repentance. Number four and lastly, it is absolutely necessary or another reason for repentance. Why must we repent is because God has been wronged by sinners. God has been wronged by sinners. We have wronged God. The verses we memorized last week comprised, comprised of um, Romans 3.23 tell us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We have all broken the law of God and we continue to do so. We must repent because we have sinned against God. God has been wronged because God has been wronged by you and I. We must live lives of repentance. We must not persist in defiance You see, a proper view of the doctrine of repentance realizes that God has been wronged. And you know who God is, eh? God is not Father Christmas. God is the great king of the universe. God is not even like the devil. God is infinitely powerful than the devil could ever imagine, than any of us could ever think. The greatness of God is unfathomable. We are nowhere close to God. God is transcendent. And because of that, we must fear, we must fear when we sin. Or sin must grant a particular holy fear because of the one being offended. We must repent because God has been wronged. It's not the police that have been wronged. I mean, when we go to evangelize, we, this, this is what we tell people. You, you've not wronged the, the president. It's not high treason that you've committed that you must be hanged. No, you have wronged the, the God who created everything. The one who upholds the universe by the word of his power. 
He's the one that has been wronged by we who are sinners. Because of that, we must repent. It's absolutely necessary that we repent. When we sin, it's as though we point our finger at God to ask him, who are you? Just imagine that when we sin. It's such a terrible, such a terrible thing. You know, the unfortunate thing is that sinful man will not see it. They will continue persistently in their sin, in defiance. They'll continue to point their finger at God. Whether they want to accept it or not. When we sin, it's as though we are clinching our fist against God in rebellion, wanting to fight Him. Just imagine that. Just imagine the small ant walking down this, you know, this floor, trying to push your foot. Can it be able to? It can't. That's how unrepentant people are like. They're like that ant that tries to push. But it can't. However much it tries. And all you need to do is raise your foot and step on it. And it dies. Now the greatness of God is infinitely more than, than that description of, 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 of uh, the human and the ant. Because of the one that has been wronged, we must repent. The great, the great Bible says the great God of the universe laughs at the kings of the world when they rebel against him. God laughs. How much more we who are not kings? We are not kings. We are not sons or daughters of kings. How much, how much more we? When we clinch our fist against God, it's, it's like beating the air, boxing the wind, building castles in the air. It's useless. The one who has been wronged is the great God of the universe, my friends. God has been wronged. We must repent. We must turn away from sin. We must repent. This is reason enough to cause us to repent. That God, God has been wronged. When we repent, we clearly understand who we are. We are humble. And we judge ourselves before the judge of all the earth. We judge ourselves before, before God judges us. When we repent, we we judge ourselves first. We humble ourselves. We realize that we are like we are we are dust. That's what Abraham says. We are but dust. Then we come to God in humility and we repent. Is there anyone that has a question? Question or comment?
I think what we have there is a mixture to say conglomeration of things it's a it's a, a mixture of some certain doctrines the sovereignty of God for example <clears throat> miracles do not happen apart from the sovereign work of God I mean it's not as though we don't believe that God can heal the sick today right God is well able to heal someone with cancer or someone with a terrible disease because he is the omnipotent. But then it's all left to his sovereignty. Um, so, so that uh, when, you, when you look at the New Testament, the miracles that Christ did were not an end in and of themselves. They were pointing to him. They were pointing people to him so that they may repent. Um, they were a witness that he is the Messiah. So they may turn from their sin and turn to Christ. Now, today, number two, God may act in providence. So we have sovereignty, we have providence. God in his providence may heal someone just so that they may see his goodness and repent. I mean, that's what we pray for people who are sick. We pray, God, be merciful to them to show them the shortness of life in their sickness. Or heal them that they may see how great you are and turn from their sin. So, so uh, the providence of God is, must be acknowledged there as being at work in things to do with miracles. Uh, so that God can providentially, uh, who in history um, is saved like this? Who do you know that is saved out of God's providence? Let's take the Bible. The Apostle Paul. Well, what is he doing? He's persecuting the church of Christ. He's on his horse, going to do that which he thinks is the best thing that he could ever do. And what does God do? God stops him on the way. The Ethiopian eunuch. I mean, was he, was he there looking for salvation? 
he was out on his own businesses. And he comes across this passage, he reads it, he's not able to understand it. The Holy Spirit sends who? Luke, uh, sorry, Philip, to explain it to him. And he said, God can use providential circumstances so that sinners may be turned from their sin. So, so uh, you see, miracles, signs and wonders um, do not quite work in the same way as they did in the first century uh, Christianity. Um, you know, when, when Christ came, because they had their own purposes. I mean, we can't call down fire from heaven like Elijah so that we may prove something to the, you know, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the soldiers of, of Baal. I mean, we can't do that because they had a reason and a purpose, right? But then, while we hold to that, we also believe that God is able to to save someone out of miraculous uh, events. Um, because those, the miraculous events are not an end in and of themselves. I don't know whether that deals with, tries to answer the question that you have. futile yeah it's unwillingness it's a it's a rebelliousness it's as though god must be subject to you so so that you do what he wants god is the only sovereign see the sovereignty of god there the person who says uh, show me and i will is foolish because they think that god you see the atheist is the most foolish person in the whole world because the atheist think that thinks that god will submit to him and god is not going to do that God has his sovereign purposes. So, never be ashamed of the atheist when he says, I'm going to believe. I mean, you should only pity them. Because they think that they can bend God. God can't be bent, can he? See? Mungu is bent. So that even when we think we are bending, we are bending God, in actual sense, we are accomplishing his purposes. Even when the devil thinks that, ah, let them, let them kill, let them kill the, the Messiah. He is completely unaware that God is accomplishing his purposes. When they say crucify, crucify, they think they are, I mean, they think they are winning, but God, they are only doing that which God predetermined. God for ordained. Any other question or comment? Thinking of another reason why we should repent, uh, it is to to drive away the devil. I think when when Ephesians chapter four verse verse twenty six says, "Be angry and do not sin." And do not let the sun go down on your hunger and give no opportunity to the devil. When we persist in sin, we are giving the evil of that foothold, isn't it? And, uh, and, and James says, submit to God, resist the devil, and we flee from you. Uh, I think repentance helps to, to, to drive away the evil one. And uh, 
because when you persist in sin, constantly listen to his voices, listen to him whispering to us. Uh, but when we repent of it, we submit to God, uh, we'll be able to resist. Yeah, sure. So we've considered the reasons for repentance, why we must repent. I'd like to finish with the motivations to repentance. What ought to motivate us to repent? What is it that should motivate you to repent? <clears throat> you should be excited to repent. We should, we should be excited that God actually grants the opportunity for us to repent. That the masses of God are new every morning should be, should be something to bless the Lord for. So I'd like to motivate you so that if by now you have not seen the need to repent, the need to turn away from your sin, if by now you have you've not had enough to spur you to repentance, then consider these few motivations for you to repent. Number one, no one ever truly repented that was rejected. No one ever truly repented that was rejected. Or to put it differently, no one was ever rejected because they truly repented. No one. That should motivate you. True repentance will always be received. It will be accepted. God will receive it. When I tell you, when I tell you to truly repent, it is because God will indeed forgive all those who repent. Everyone who repents, God will forgive them. All who forsake their sins and put their trust in Jesus, God forgives fully and freely. The hymn writer says, Sinners Jesus will receive. Sound this word of grace to all. Sing it over and over again. Christ does what? Christ receiveth sinful men. Make the message clear and plain. Christ receiveth sinful men. Those who truly repent will be forgiven. And that should motivate you and I to repent. Consider that Jesus came so that sinners like we can be forgiven. The, the, the reason why Jesus came to this world is so that you and I may be forgiven. When we turn from sin and turn to Christ, we are completely forgiven. Now, important point here. God's forgiveness is not like that of humans. You know, where, where with people, you can never be sure whether you are truly accepted when you repent. When you ask for forgiveness. God's forgiveness is not like that. God's forgiveness is sure. God assures us. And his word is firmly fixed. That all who repent, he will forgive. He will forgive them. David says in Psalm 51 verse 17, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart. He will not do what? He will not despise. God will always forgive. And so no one ever truly repented that was rejected. If you truly repent, God accepts you. Number two, it doesn't matter how great our sin may seem. So that's the second motivation. That it doesn't quite matter how great our sins may seem. Isn't this a wonderful motivation? However many sins we may have committed, however great they may be, however heinous 
they may be however multiple times they may have been committed they will all be forgiven upon a truthful turning away from them and a turning to Jesus Christ upon true repentance brethren all of them will be removed all of them will be cleansed isn't that what we have in Isaiah chapter 1 you're told there in verse 18 come let us reason together says the lord though your sins are like scarlet they shall be as white as snow though they are red like crimson they shall become like wool he's going to wipe them all away so so it doesn't matter how great our sins may seem when we repent truly god removes all of them god clears god declares righteous another hymn writer asks and you know this hymn eh? what can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of jesus then he goes to the chorus and says oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow no other fount i know nothing but the blood of jesus however sin however great our sins may seem god will forgive them you may be you may be there saying my sins are extremely heinous and the truth is yes they may be they are but there is forgiveness upon true repentance now could they be more heinous than those of king david could they be more heinous than those of the murderers who executed our lord the only innocent man to ever walk the face of the earth could they be more heinous than those of the the apostle paul in his sin who persecuted christ and upon close inspection we see that all these were forgiven why not yours why not mine this should motivate us to repent because there's no sin that is so great that god will not forgive another hymn writer says my sins though great do not surpass the power and glory of thy grace great god thy mercies have no bound know that hymn show pity lord there are no sins that are so great that god will not forgive that should motivate us you may be there saying i have sinned again and again you know relapse into the same sin even after being forgiven yes it may be true you need to repent still turning away from it but then i like you i like you to consider this for your motivation to repent consider your forefathers who sinned in the same way multiple times what is the temptation when when we fall into the same sin what's the temptation yes you are tempted to to not to not repent you are tempted to feel as though my repentance is useless my confession and my my willingness to turn from sin is useless because i have fallen like this again consider your forefathers who who sinned in this in the same way multiple times abraham lied twice um lot got drunk 
twice. Committed incest, incest twice. Peter denies his master thrice. These are given for our comfort, not complacency. For those who have fallen more than once, there is hope. God will forgive still if they truly repent. I mean, this is, this is the wonder of God's patience. The patience of God is, is marvelous. And you know the meaning of that word. We marvel at, at his patience that he would con- consistently forgive those who are truly repentant. And this is the standard that our Lord expects that we adhere to when he says, forgive your brother 77 times. Now, if, if God calls us to forgive more than an uncountable time, times, will he not do the same? I mean, will he not forgive you? So, so it's not so much that um, this is said to encourage the unrepentant soul that loves sins. Sin. This is not. This is not aimed at encouraging the unrepentant sinner. No, this is said so that the soul which may be despairing due to much sinning uh, may repent, even though they may not see the need to keep repenting. The Bible says that God, God is willing to forgive all who truly turn from their sins. Number three, it should motivate us to repent when we consider what Christ endured for our sins. Christ, who though he was in the form of God, did not uh, count equality with God a thing to be grasped, emptied himself. He took the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Consider what Christ endured for our sins. Christ endured much affliction. There's a sense in which you and I cannot cannot quite imagine what it means for one who is God to become man. I mean, we, we can't. And then the Bible tells us that he left the realms of glory He took the human form. He humbled himself. He assumed upon himself human nature. Just so that sinners like you and I may be forgiven. When you consider that, it should motivate you. That Christ lived. Christ suffered. He was tempted. He died. He rose again so that you and I may be saved. So that we may be forgiven. I mean, that should be motivation for any Christian to turn from sin. Christ could not have done all that so that we may languish in our sins and, 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 and uh, fall in self-pity and, and, and feel, oh, I, I, I have continued like this more and more and I cannot. No, no. Christ did this so that we may persevere to the end. Right? When we consider that, we should be motivated to repent, to turn from sin, to turn to Christ every day of our lives, every hour. Considering what it cost our Lord to reconcile us to the Father should cause us to cry. Thomas Watson says here, quote, Can we look upon a suffering Savior with dry eyes? Will we not be sorry for those sins which made Christ a man of sorrows? 
Will not our enormities, which drew blood from Christ, draw tears from us? Will we play any more with sin and so scrape Christ's wounds? End quote. He's asking there, will we see all that Christ went through and not, not repent? Should motivate us to, to consider what Christ Christ went through. Christ endured for our sins. I've got two more points, but I'd like to stop now because of time. Let me let me just mention them. Number four should motivate us to know that repentance grants God's blessings. should motivate us to repent to know that God's wrath is coming. So in addition to the three that I have given, two more. Repentance grants God's blessings. Joy, peace, peace of mind, peace of conscience. Joy in Christ. Hope for future. Aren't all those blessings that God gives to all who repent? And all who refuse to repent, the opposite is true. They have no joy, they have no peace, they have no hope, they have no assurance. I tell you. But repentance grants God's blessings like that. I mean, when we repent of our sins, the Bible grants accounts in the Old Testament where God blessed people temporal, uh, 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 temp- in a temporal way, gave them temporal blessings. So that those, those who turn from their sins and turn to God can be sure that God will never forsake them. The righteous will never beg for bread. We should be motivated to repent when we think that God's wrath is coming. God's wrath is coming, my friends. It should motivate us to turn now. Because we can die now, right? You can fall dead right now. You can be hit by the by a car outside here right now. You can get sickness and die. God's wrath is coming. I mean that's what we have just read in the in the book of Acts. God commands all people everywhere to repent because he has set a day when he's going to judge everyone. So we, we must repent. Must repent. We can we can um, engage more of the tip lot. But these for the reasons for repentance and motivations to repentance. I hope that this will encourage you to uh, live a life of repentance. Let's pray. We thank you, our heavenly Father, for. The opportunity to consider these matters. Thank you for your kindness in granting your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we can be forgiven. We thank you that the door for us to come to you is always open. We thank you that you are the one that enables us to repent when we come 
you will forgive. We ask, Lord, that you may be merciful to us because we are sinners. Forgive us of all our sins. Cleanse us from every unrighteousness. Help us to see that you have sovereignly commanded that we repent. That you are a holy God. That you sent your Son to proclaim repentance. Help us, Lord, to be motivated when we consider that you will accept all our repentance, all our turning away from sin, all our confession, as long as it be true and godly. Help us to be motivated when we think that your wrath is coming. When we think that you have granted us those spiritual and temporal blessings to all who repent. Oh, help us, Lord, to be motivated when we consider what Christ went through so that sinners like we can be forgiven. Lord, we come to you. We, we, do, not, we do not come to men or priests. Humans, Lord, we come to you that you may forgive us, that you may cleanse us, and that you may give us new resolve after new obedience to faithfully follow you, that you may give us the energy, the strength to continue persevering in the faith until the end to the praise and glory of your name. Thank you for the work of Christ which only is able to save. Help us in our repentance to turn to Christ over and over again. Please hear our prayers now. We pray and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.